Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jacob Albron, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here. Uh, new intro music there. And we're about to play some well-known sandstorm for you because, hey, we got our buddy Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider. We're getting in touch with Tim right now, but we'll have it for you. We'll have some sandstorm. A lot to talk about with K-State. Uh, we'll touch on the Naquan Tomlin situation, of course, but it's hard not to just look ahead of this game Against Texas this weekend, K-State four-point underdogs. That feels just about right to me, Tommy, as far as, you know, a line on that game. Texas has been very, very good, and, you know, they've got lots of quarterbacks there. I know Quinn Ewers isn't playing, but that'll be a tough one for K-State. It, it, it was interesting that Chelsea said she was looking at the under there, Tommy. I think I probably agree. Both of those defenses are playing pretty well. And it's, I mean, it's a bet to the defense, right? Not, not so much to the offense, which are also can be very high powered. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And you know, the the big question is going to be how effective will Texas's offense continue to be without Quinn Ewers? I mean, I really think that that's what it, what it's going to come down to. And, and you know, I think that with the Wildcats, we've noticed how improved their defense has gotten week in to week out. And so, being able to continue that streak on. In Austin, that's going to be paramount for them. All right, let's see what Tim Fitzgerald thinks. Here comes our K-State insider. He's got all the insight on what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. Fitz, uh, how's the hangover today? Up all night celebrating a Rangers World Series with me, I'm sure. You there, Fitz? Do we have you? Yeah. Issues. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we get there. Yeah, there we got you. How are you, Fitz? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Uh, this is uh, this is a pretty exciting time. We'll get to we'll get to the hoop stuff in just a little bit, but I mean, we got to talk about this. This is what we've been waiting for, right? With football, you you hoped that the game in Texas would have Big Twelve implications, and that's exactly what we have here. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, this when K-State lost Oklahoma State, um, they put themselves in this position 
<clears throat> of turning this into virtually a must win. I mean, there's a way to get to Arlington without this win, but boy, it takes a lot of help, probably more help than uh, can be expected um, in any realm of reality. So, yeah, pretty much now they're in a position where not only do they need to win at Texas, but they probably just need to run the table these final four games, which mean a, you know, a seven game winning streak to end the season. That's pretty impressive if they can do that. So we'll see if it all shakes out, but boy, they, they, uh, they put their cards all in on this game. You know, after what they did a week ago against Houston, especially the defensive effort that we've seen the last couple of weeks from Kansas state, uh, you know, it's a little bit different when you're playing a top 10 team on the road, uh, in the Texas Longhorns, but what can what do you think the Wildcats can take away from what they've done defensively against TCU two weeks ago and Houston a week ago to help them in this game this weekend? I think they found a, a sense of consistency, um, not just game to game, but play to play that <clears throat> they were lacking. They just have a blown assignment here or there, and uh, it would turn into an explosive play. Uh, they have been really sound as of late and not making those mistakes. And uh, I think it's turned them into a really good defense. But at the end of the day, what's really fueling this um, for Kansas State is they've turned into a pretty good tackling team. And that's going to have to continue on Saturday uh, because uh, this Texas team is known for breaking tackles. And and I'll be honest, I know this defense has come a long ways, but uh, I – when I see these Texas athletes, I get kind of Luther Burden flashbacks of the guy running through the defense that they can't get down. So they've come a long ways. They need to put it on on uh, the field on Saturday, and they're capable of it. But we'll see how it plays out. Fitz, I, I've watching last week, and it, I, I think that there was probably more of a plan to get Avery involved if needed, and then they didn't need to, so they didn't. It's felt to me for not the entire season, but maybe the entire season, at least the last few weeks, like they have been waiting to really let him do his thing for this week. And they and they got to not have to show Texas anything on film last week. I don't I don't read too much into how much Will Howard played versus Avery last week. I, I think they're gonna they're going to let him go nuts. And, and if they have had anything special in the tank, this is the week they'll let it go. Yeah, you know, that was kind of my opinion a few weeks ago. But I think the way Will Howard has played might have altered that a little bit. I, I think both quarterbacks will play in, in some measure in this game. <clears throat> but when you start looking at the difficulty of running the ball against Texas, um, maybe Avery is seen as that X factor that can open up some run game because they have had some issues with that uh, quarterback run game, particularly off an RPO, particularly off that zone read. I mean, Dylan Gabriel did some damage with it. So maybe that's what's going to play out. But uh, the way Will Howard's been swinging it, um, I I don't know how you don't put him in the game and and see what happens. And uh, as for last week, I think Will just took control of things. And then Avery had the fumble and, and they just rode Will, just like they did Avery at Texas Tech. Fitz, when we're looking at what Texas does well and what they bring to the table, um, you know, of course, just from watching them throughout the the season, I mean, they they get after it quickly. Like they can jump out and score points in 
you know, pretty quick order to kick off a game. I remember watching the Texas Kansas game and it just seemed like, man, like just all of a sudden, like they go from no points to having a ton, you know, all, all together. And I know it's a little bit different now, you know, with Quinn Ewers and what's happening with all of that. But what are some ways that you think the Wildcats can, um, you know, keep that from happening and, and keep the Longhorns from being able to score in droves very quickly? Well, you know, one of the things that Texas does is they move the ball. They don't finish drives in the red zone. They're not very good in the red zone, finishing with touchdowns. Kansas State's defense is extremely good at at doing that. And I think there's a sense that, um, you know, despite what they gave up at Oklahoma State, if the offense had been a little bit more competent, they would have won because they forced the defense forced. Oklahoma State kicked so many field goals. So this could be a replay of that. I know this is an area Sark has worked on quite a bit with Texas, trying to get them to be more efficient. Uh, but if you're an offense that lives and dies by spreading the field out and having a lot of weapons and using space uh, to create opportunities, and uh, you know that's how you run your offense, it, boy, it gets a lot more difficult when you're inside that 20 and then the field's compressed. And I think that's what Texas is finding out. Um, we'll we'll see if K State's defense can hold up and, and resist. But uh, boy, I. I kind of like this matchup for K-State in terms of how the teams fit together in some ways. and In other ways, it's a tragic matchup for K-State. So it's kind of just what floats to the surface is more important in this game. Uh, and if so, if it falls in the Wildcats' advantage, they could obviously leave with a victory. How awesome is it to have both KU and K-State in games like this, really for the conference, like this is a big-time weekend for the Big 12. And what we we feared was going to be a really bad year for the league is now looking much better, I think, as Cream is rising to the top. And some of those matchups of, you know, that top half of the league come front and center this week. This is a massive week for the, for the, for the Big 12 as a whole. It really is. And, you know, the national media and even a lot of us locally, it kind of, just put Texas and Oklahoma in the title game because of, uh, you know, their, their potential to be really, really good teams. Uh, but here we are uh, week nine, uh, you know, game nine of the schedule for schools and Oklahoma state and Kansas state are weekend wins away from being in the driver's seat to meet in Arlington. And what that would do for the big 12 is significant. I, I think if Oklahoma and Texas play, it's a bad look, but um, it, I don't think it changes the perception of national media. They act like Oklahoma and Texas have been in the title game for the last five years in a row, which isn't even close to true, particularly with Texas. So if, if uh, you know, these schools can come through and get it done, if Kansas, uh, Kansas and Iowa State is like the sneaky good third game, I think KU is the better team. But um, as everyone points out correctly, it's Iowa State, it's Ames, Iowa, at night uh, in November, good luck. I mean, it's kind of chaos. It's been proven out through this. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. These are three really fun football games this weekend. This is Big 12 football. This is fun. Fitz, what in the world do you make of the Oklahoma State Cowboys? I remember we talked about them a couple of weeks ago, and I think both you and I were, you know, ready to uh, run Mike Gundy out of town and, and talk, talking about how big of a mess it was down in Stillwater. Since that time, they've won four in a row. They beat both Kansas State and Kansas. They've got Bedlam this weekend. They're ranked in the top 25. Are they legitimate? Yeah, they are. I mean, Ollie Gordon's been the big X factor. Um, the fact that they didn't know how good he was is 
you know, part of their problem. Uh, but that dude is Eric Dickerson fun to watch. I mean, he's long and lanky and athletic and runs away from people. And they've just gotten back to basic football. Turn around, hand the ball to the running back that nobody can tackle. Take the pressure off of Alan Bowman. He's not the guy. Ollie's the guy, and they, they've made him the guy. And it's it's really done a world of good for Oklahoma State. Um, I'm really impressed with what Oklahoma State's done, how they've reinvented themselves. I think it shows what a good coach Mike Gundy is, even though it appeared he was really slipping earlier in the year. And and here we are. I mean, he's right in the, the heart of all of this uh, with his rival coming into Stillwater. Um, last time they're going to play for the foreseeable future, which is a damn shame. And I think Oklahoma State has something to say here that needs to be said. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, that what what if look what if we get to the point here where neither Oklahoma or Texas is in the Big Twelve championship game? You want to talk about the ultimate win for the Big Twelve? How sweet would that yeah. be? And what a meltdown the national media would have in, in utter confusion because they don't pay close enough attention to uh, beyond brands like little kids who just like. Um, shiny objects, and they'll be so confused by that if neither one of them's there. They'll be confused if one of them's not. Honestly, guys, again, they act like Texas has been in this game um, every right. year or every other year, and it's not even close to that. Reality doesn't match what the national media thinks of uh, Texas in particular at all. Oklahoma, of course, has been very effective getting to the championship game, but not the last two years as they've kind of slipped. So, uh, yeah, it would be a huge statement for this conference. Let's talk a little bit about basketball, Fitz. Uh, the Wildcats had uh, their first exhibition game last night against Emporia State. We talked about it a little earlier on in the program, how hard it is to really assess you know, after an exhibition game. But from what you can tell, I mean, obviously the crowd was great, and Jerome Tang talked about that. Um, what what do you make of where this team stands going into the regular season with the absence of Naquan Tomlin, the returners they have? I mean, wh- where do you think that things land right now for Wildcat basketball? You know, watching that game last night, how much can you really take from a exhibition against a D2 right. school? That, But um, there's talent there. They just haven't carved out their identity. And let's go back a year ago. That didn't really happen until, you know, the start of Big 12 play. It took them a while to figure out exactly who they were. And there was flashes of what, you know, became K-State basketball. Uh, At the time, we had no idea that was going to be more like the norm than some great play. It was just going to be pretty consistent through the year that these players were going to make some incredible plays, including Naquan Tomlin. So not having him and kind of being the guy that, they thought they could really count on um, to, you know, emerge from this is painful. Um, when you only have 13 guys in a roster, losing one key player can be a big hit. So uh, I think this is a good team. I think the freshmen are going to have to be a way ahead of schedule. Um, and I, I, as Jerome Tang said, he's not, he doesn't think they're quite ready for that. Wait until they see Big 12 play, even though they all look good last night. Um, yeah, you know, the history's filled with the, the guys who play well against lesser opponents, but when the lights get turned really bright, um, they just don't have that next step in their game. Uh, and I think that's what he fears, but um, he's got some guys. Yeah, he's got a more talented roster outside of last year in, in many seasons, so I think they can do some damage. They just may not be quite at the level of last year's team until 
if and when they get Naquan Tomlin back. Yeah, what's going on with that? Uh, what what what's the deal there? Is he coming back? I I honestly don't know. As I learn more details, and I don't have enough uh, sourcing to really put them out in public. Uh, this is a troubling situation. It's not. It's more than just a bar fight. Um, it, first of all, it's a horrendous decision. As setting aside the criminality of any of this, this kid just went through some mystery personal event uh, that had him out and. I, from what I can tell, suspended from the program and not doing anything. And he just came back to the program, got it cleared up, and he does this. Um, this this kid's in a minefield of his own making, and he, he can't help but step on him. So uh, we'll see. I mean, Jerome Tang said it at his press conference on Tuesday. We don't know if he's coming back. And uh, we'll see how this the legal end of this all plays out, uh, because I think that's the key here, um, what happens with – the actual charges and, and how it progresses through the legal system. So in the meantime, it, you know, it's an indefinite suspension and, and who knows how long it'll last or if it, you know, will ever end. But in the meantime, how do you try to fill that gap? If you're Jerome Tang I mean, they've got David Gasson, obviously Arthur Kaluma, um, you know, some of those guys in the front court, you, you can't really, you know, replace the, the fact that he was your top returner from a year ago. Uh, but how, in your mind, what are some ways that you can try to at least bridge that a little bit if it is just a temporary suspension? Yeah, yeah it, you know, naturally it's hard to overcome losing a six nine, six ten freak of an athlete who can, you know, is comfortable 10 feet above the rim and now has stretched the shot out to be three-point range. Um, but I, I think we – it's kind of like the Deuce Vaughn thing. I'm not comparing – him to do Vaughn. I'm just saying when you lose someone that has of unique talent, um, you kind of have to do it by committee. K-State's done it on the football field uh, with some good running backs. And I think we're going to see the same on the basketball court with some guys are just going to have to slip into that position. Uh, we, you know, we saw the freshman, Buddy Rich, last night look really good. Uh, again, though, that was against inferior competition, you know, probably about what he did in high school in terms of competition. So a bunch of guys going to have to pitch in. Taj Manning got the start. Um, you know, redshirt freshman. He didn't look like he was quite ready for it. Um, but these guys are going to have to get ready pretty damn quick because uh, I got news for him. Uh, season starts on Monday on a very big stage. Uh, you better be ready to go. Uh, so um, I'm not going to Las Vegas to cover a crappy basketball team. I'm going because I think K-State's pretty darn good. I, I, yeah, I don't, you, you got a better grasp of it than I do. I have no idea. I think their range of outcomes is all over the place. I'm kind of setting it as the expectation is to make the NCAA tournament. Anything else I really don't know yet, but I, I, but I think encouraged is certainly the way to feel at this point. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, I, look, there was going to be a time when he had to shift the gears. Um, We're not there fully yet between, bringing in these transfers and, and kind of, uh, you know, starting over every year and having some freshmen that uh, come up through the ranks. Uh, this might be an accelerating process in that. If he has to count on these freshmen even more than expected. Uh, he talks a lot about the key to winning in the postseason, having experienced guards. Uh, and so that doesn't affect the Naquan Tomlin situation one bit. We'll, we'll see if he can, uh, uh, put together a really good team. This coaching staff uh, is 
really skilled at it. They see a lot of details. They understand how to manage a locker room. Um, it's just fun, fun brand of basketball. But this new offense also kind of limits the need for this type of player and this type of player and this type of player to fit on the floor together. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more free-flowing. And I'm, I'm really eager to kind of see it develop through the season. All right. Fitz, what do you guys have coming up at GoPowerCat.com this week? Oh, so much going on, man. Yeah, the overlap is so fun for the, the media. It's great for fans. But um, we've got a lot of coverage, of course, in Texas. Um, we've got the pregame podcast up. The Friday shoot-around will drop at midnight Friday. And uh, we're also getting ready to shoot a oh, – excuse me, a Friday walkthrough. We're getting ready to shoot this Friday shoot-around, which will appear on Sunday leading into the basketball game. As I said, Ryan Gilbert and I will be in Las Vegas for that. Cole Carmody and Zach Carlson will be in Austin for football as we split up our team and go uh, cover K-State sports. It's a lot of fun to be covering them, and it's a lot of fun to be a Wildcat fan. All right, Fitz. You can follow Fitz at Life of Fitz on social media. You can find his work and his entire team at GoPowerCat.com. Enjoy the week. Let's have a big one in Austin, and we'll break it down next week. Okay, sounds good, boys. Great to talk to you. There goes Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider here on Sports Daily. Glad to be with Fitz there. Uh, when we return, we'll come back and we will uh, we'll, we'll talk a little about Bob Knight and his legacy. What it uh, the the reaction to it is immense. Is one of the icons of you know college basketball died yesterday. We'll do that on the way out here, Jad. Why don't we give away some HTO? Let's give away. Uh, let's just let's give away two free iced tea cards in the spirit of the sun coming out finally and us warming up just a little bit. Let's give away some iced tea, more than 25 flavors, including the all new mix of the month, blueberry muffin. You got to check it out. Available for you at Wichita East, Wichita West, or in Derby. You can get your hands on a pair of those free tea cards right now by calling us on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Good luck. We'll come right back with more Sports Daily. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to have you with us. Congratulations to Bobby for winning some HTO. He called the IHOP hotline at 869-1240. IHOP, where guests can enjoy the new Nashville hot chicken and waffles, golden brown Belgian waffle, topped with four crispy chicken strips tossed in a uh, spicy Nashville hot sauce. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here. Jad Chambers manning that IHOP hotline. Glad to be here with you. Thanks to Chelsea Messenger, our betting insider, Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider. You can listen to both of those interviews for free on the Odyssey app. Uh, congratulations to the Texas Rangers for winning a World Series. Appreciate everybody reaching out and congratulating me. That is the team that I follow and root for still uh, with with passion, probably the only one now as a professional in this, you have to sort of sort those things out. But not that team, not for me. So I'm excited about that. All right, Bob Knight yesterday, Tommy died at 83. One of the most influential uh, characters and personalities in college basketball. It's almost two generations for me. There's the Bob Knight of Indiana, which is what most people know. But I know Bob Knight mostly from Texas Tech, Tommy. Um, he was 
you know, that's where, remember, where he went after he left Indiana, all that stuff. And then he ends up at Texas Tech and sort of revives that program. They hadn't been good in a while. He gets him back to the NCAA tournament several times. Um, so for me, it's a, probably a little bit different than most with Bob Knight because I do think of him more at Texas Tech than I do at Indiana just because I lived in that region and I know what he meant to them and all of those things. And that's where he retired and lived for a long time. I also thought he was a great media personality. And look, there's controversy, I guess. Like, I, I don't... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I mean, the guy had a temper, right? Most coaches I've ever covered have big ones. So, like, I, I, I don't. I, I think that, and you're seeing it. Most of the reaction now is this is one of the most brilliant basketball minds that really smart basketball minds point to to say that guy was the smart basketball guy. I mean, his impact is is that probably as much as it's anything else. Yeah, one of the best books written of all time, in my opinion, is A Season on the Brink uh, about the Hoosiers. I think back in 86 or 87, um, I remember reading it in high school. Uh, and what I took away from that, that book when I read it and what I've always carried on uh, in my thoughts with Bobby Knight is that, you know, he absolutely was volatile, absolutely had a temper, um, you know, sometimes crossed the line with that. But he never cheated like there are all these other scandals and controversies with coaches with a variety of different things that, you know, you can point at and look at of different scandals. And Bob Knight didn't have any of that. He stressed academics in an in industry where it's really easy to cut those corners. But it was very important for him that his players, um, you know, followed the, the academic path. And, and so, you know, I I feel like he there's a dichotomy with. Bobby Knight, where you can easily point to the sound bites and the things that he said in a microphone where you can be like, man, that, that that's controversial, you know, or he was really rude there or angry or had the temper. But then you also look at who he was, not only as a basketball coach, but stressing the rules, stressing integrity, you know, stressing, we're not going to cut corners. We're going to do things the right way. And there's a reason why the almost 30 years he was the head coach in Indiana, you know, he had great graduation rates, but on top of that, 
his teams were never bad. They were never bad. Like they yeah. weren't even mediocre. They were always at worst good. And at best they were great. Look, and and, and all the controversy and stuff and like you can't I mean it's familiar to us here in Wichita. We've been through those same sorts of things and in and a very similar way. But you know, I think when when you get to the point now and and his you know, time at Texas Tech was successful and all that stuff. Like, I, I think it's easy to just then fondly remember the impact somebody had on a sport and on a university and all of those things. And Bob Knight had that. I thought, again, I thought he was a good media personality. I enjoyed yeah. him covering basketball. Um, I, I, I know the impact on a smaller scale he had in Lubbock. And I, you know, I can't even imagine being in Indiana, who's never been good since, really. I mean, not 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 for any sustained amount of time. Um, but yeah, one of the, you know, it's, and it isn't, isn't it really easy by the way, you know, to try to sum him up with, oh yeah, he's the coach that threw the chair, but there's so much more and, and to allegedly it. choked a player, right? right? Like, like know. there's so much more to it than that. And always um, is, and, you know, the other thing too, is that, um, you know, I remember when he left Indiana under the circumstances in which he did. And I remember there were multiple like interviews. I think that he did where he said he would never, ever step foot back in Bloomington. He'd never he go Dan back Patrick to Assembly that. Hall, right? Yeah. And then he did, you know, just a couple yep. of years ago. And, you know, that uh, the, the ceremony they had for him, um, you could tell that he wasn't in great health when he was there. But, you know, he was there with a lot of his former players. Mike Woodson was there. Isaiah Thomas was there. Like, they, they, they were all there, right, with him. Uh, you know, again, it sh- kind of shows that, you know, you can, with enough time, put things behind you and, and reconcile. And, and so that was, I'm glad that that happened for him. I'm glad it happened for his former players. I'm glad he was able to come back to the place that, you know, meant so much to him for so many years. It's, it's interesting. And, and, you know, like things have changed, right. In, in what's acceptable and not acceptable behavior. But I don't, I think what hasn't changed is the impact a coach can have on a young person comes in so many different ways, right? Like, you know, but if it's a positive impact in general, that's a good thing. The path to get there is very different. A lot of people take different paths to get there. It's hard. I mean, if you're a parent, just think about how hard it is to be a parent sometimes and how hard you push and have to make decisions. And, like, I can't imagine being a coach and how difficult that must be. But the impacts most of the time are very real and positive. And I think when you see his former players or you talk to him or talk to his peers or anybody else, it's a positive impact. And that isn't that any isn't that all any of us can try to do is leave a positive impact. I mean that's that's the thing. So whenever I look at these things, of which I'm not as familiar with people of another generation, I'm just not. Then I I, I try to like step back and and sort of soak in what all that reaction is, right? And then think like, man, this guy really had a positive impact on a lot of lives. That's a good thing. Like that's that's what we can all yeah. hope to do. And you know what? I think that with his passing, and I know that you know this happens quite a bit. You've got somebody that. Um, you know, has some controversy uh, surrounding them and, and always has, you know, for years and years and years. But then they pass and you, you look back on them in a glowing light. Um, and I think that I think it's accurate. I mean, I think that overwhelmingly positive in 2023, looking back on the, the way that Bobby Knight coached, the way that he led young men and, and basketball and all of that. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to gloss over any of the things that he no. did that, you know, were inappropriate or, or, you know, not good. I mean, there were certainly were, 
Um, you know, th- there are many different examples of the temper that he had and all of that. But um, I, I think that you there you run the risk. Like there's the danger of um, number one, you can gloss over all the bad things, but then you can also forget about all the good things that he did. And I think you have to kind of balance that um, because he he was so much more than just the guy that threw the chair. Yeah, and and we all make mistakes, right? Let's uh, that that's what I think we lose sometimes in the modern world is the ability to like. <laughs> to realize that. Uh, let's go to the IHOP hotline. Frank there wants to talk a little Bobby Knight. Frank, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much. Hey, uh, first of all, congratulations, Jacob. <laughs> hey, thank uh, you. Thank you. Pretty, pr- pretty nice win for you. It might, might be another yes, HBO one that, in the works. But uh, I want, hold on, let me turn my radio down. I want to talk about Bobby Knight. Um, I'm an old school guy that played ball back in the 90s in college. And um, that that was the way that it was done. And I have I, I have nothing but love and, and, and rest in peace, Bob Knight, man. I mean, you know, if you would ask him in 1984 who was the best player on the planet, he, you know, you talk about, you know, Michael Jordan, all that kind of crap. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, he did things the way that, I was, I played the game, and I don't know what the new generation does. And uh, but I mean, you know, it's like uh, he he just he he was he was just him, and what he wanted to say, he's going to say, and he was upset about stuff. But he was he was a coach, and a coach of men, and that that's the thing. So with that, all yeah, I'll let look, you all go. Appreciate it, Frank. I, again, like. It's as somebody who has managed people and all those things, like it's not up to the next generation to change, right? And adapt. It's up to, it's up to the coach to adapt and change. And that's, we've seen that now in college basketball in recent years. Some of the great ones, they flat just don't want to. So they've stepped away, right? Like, and that's good. But like, I I don't want to say, you know, like, I I don't, like, yes, hard nosed coaching has been a part of it. Different people respond to different things. Some people thrive when somebody's in their face and challenging them that way. A lot of people do, in fact. Some people don't. And great coaches better adapt to that or they're going to get passed up. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you can't yeah. you can't just draw this line in the sand and say this is the only way to do it or, you're, or, or the game will pass you by. And, it can be effective okay. in a variety of ways, right? Absolutely. Like the, if, if you've got the right hard-nosed coach and you've got the right players that respond well to the hard-nosed sure. coach, then it works well. We talked yesterday, we spent quite a bit of time talking about Jerome Tang in the Naquan Tomlin situation. Totally different approach. And how Jerome Tang approaches things. And, you know, he does expect a lot out of his players, but he's going to do it in a different way than probably Bobby Knight would have, right? Like there are Absolutely. just different approaches and the way that your players that you've brought in respond to that, that's going to dictate that. And, you know, I think that these coaches know, like they know the way that they coach and then they know who the players are that they can go out and get that will respond the best way yep. to their coaching. That's got to be a big part of recruiting. It's not just how talented is the guy, you know, what can he bring to the table on the court or on the field? It's can this guy respond to the way that I coach? Like in the same way that you just said, like players aren't going to change. Well, coaches really 
shouldn't necessarily have. I mean, if you're a hard-nosed coach, you're a hard-nosed coach. You just got to find the right players that respond well to that. Right, but it's not the player's responsibility to adapt to your coaching style, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, that goes both ways. The leader is the one who has to find a way to figure it out. That's always the burden of the leader. And some of, if you think back to your worst bosses over the course of your career, right, think about why you think they're your worst bosses. And then think about some of your best bosses. And think about why do you think they're some of your best bosses. Probably your best bosses adapt to the different, all kinds of different people that you work with. And they know which people they can get. Look, I grew up with four older brothers, and we were idiots. And we did all the things that five boys, like all the stuff that you can imagine we would do. Guess what? Like we respond well to hard nose. That, like, that pushes the right buttons for me. It does, right? So, and, and certainly does for some of my brothers. Like that's the way that, like those are the things that work. That's not, that's not for everybody. My kids certainly aren't that way. Like, so I'm not going to, you know, like, but, but at the same time, like all the great leaders should be doing is trying to get the best out of their, you know, the people that they're leading. I think that's what the great coaches do. I think that's why you're seeing such a positive reaction of Bobby Knight. I think that's why you see such a positive reaction, even in some bad situations that present themselves is because people do like, it's not one size fits all. It's not for everybody. That's fine. Good coaches have got to, yeah, figure out ways to connect with all players. I think I, I always say Bill Self is one of the best at what he does. I I think maybe the but because he is so versatile in the way he approaches. It seems like to me, coaching right the variety of people he brings in, whether they be transfers or three and four year players or star freshmen. Like think think about the way college basketball has evolved and the way KU rosters have looked and they've been this model of consistency. I I don't think people nationally realize how much Bill Self has leaned on three- and four-year players over the years. I think they all think it's like Kentucky, which, of course, it's not, or Duke, which, of course, it's not. And so the great coaches out there do it in all kinds of ways. Mike Krzyzewski did it in different ways, had success over generations. You think Mike Krzyzewski coached the same way in 2016 that he did in 1986? Of course he didn't. You don't, that's not the way to go. So, you know, Bob Knight's, it's, it's, and I say all of this to bring up the fact, again, for me, it was that second chapter, the Texas Tech chapter that I remember about Bob Knight. He adapted, they had success, his style worked there. I mean, they were in the tournament just about every year. They had a sweet 16 run. It was awesome. It was he awesome. He made them to relevant see. in the Big 12, right? Like yep. it was, you know, sure. they, they, they had come in, they had joined the conference and, they were not relevant at all. And you know, and I, I remember being a little surprised that that was the job that Bob Knight took. And I remember thinking at the time, like, man, like, I hope that doesn't tarnish the, the, all the success at Indiana, because he's going to have a much greater challenge in Lubbock, you would think than what he had in Indiana. It kind of, you know, at the time, Indiana was considered a blue blood and all of this, you know, everything that that program had. Uh, and then he goes to Lubbock and, my goodness, he makes them competitive and relevant and uh, really, I think, set the table for the way that this program, I think, I has agree. been uh, considered nationally ever since. Yeah. I mean, he his son followed him immediately for a little while. Um, and then Gillespie was there. Tubby Smith has been there. Chris yeah. Beard, of course. And like, yeah, I, he, he absolutely did that for Lubbock. And he'll always be adored there for that reason. So uh, Bobby Knight. Uh, rest in peace, one of the great, great characters of college basketball, 
Uh, and I say great in the sense that it was just immense and large. Whatever your thoughts are on Bob Knight is, you know, to each to each his own. Uh, but that was a that was a, quite the bombshell yesterday. Eight six nine twelve forty. You can react to that. We'll come back. We'll continue to. Uh, well, let's look at it Thursday night football tonight. How about that? We love football here on this show, and we've got a pretty interesting matchup as far as I'm concerned. It's not, you know, my favorite matchup, but I'm very interested in the matchup tonight. We'll get into that and uh, anything else we've got time for here on Sports Daily. It's all Brockton Caster. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Rangers are World Series champions. Can't even believe it. What a time to be alive. Uh, we got Thursday Night Football tonight, Tommy. We've got Steelers and Titans. And look, I, I know it's been a little up and down for both of these teams, but the, the absolute reality is these are two teams very much still in the playoff mix of the AFC. We've got a chance and a year that has been pretty brutal for the quarterback position overall to see two young ones tonight in Kenny Pickett, who looks like he'll be able to go, and Will Levis, who is now taken over in Tennessee, which I'm always interested in. We need you know, we need good quarterbacks in the NFL. It's been a rough year for quarterback. So I, I hope that both of these guys develop. Um, it's an impactful game. It's a meaningful game. It should be pretty close. Um, I, I sort of lean to that over like you guys – you know, both teams do some things well defensively, but both teams kind of do other things defensively pretty poorly. So I, I think this has a chance to be a pretty entertaining game tonight. I'm not sure that Chelsea loved it, but I love the Will Will Levis over in passing yards. 201 and a half. And, you know, I, I know that there is the potential that he comes back down to earth, you know, from what he did a week ago. Uh, but, man, even Kim coming back down to earth, I think he's going to throw for over 200 yards against the Pittsburgh defense. So I like well, that prop bet. I'm going to look at that, I think, is something I'm going to put in, into place tonight. I think, I think, and I understand where she's coming from. I mean, it felt like he threw for about a billion yards last week. He threw for 238. It's not, I mean, it wasn't a huge number even with those big shot plays. I mean, I think it's going to come down to can they hit on any more of those shot plays. Because I, I don't. I don't think that they're going to, I mean, I still think they're going to want to run the ball and do all those things. I, you know, I don't know that Will Levis, they're going to let him drop back and throw it 40 times. I don't think that's what they want to do. It really comes down to, can he hit some more of those shot plays? I think what goes in your favor, maybe this is why she liked DeAndre Hopkins a little bit more, is that's going to be the guy he tries those shot plays to, right? And so maybe it's just easier as she's analyzing it to see one or two of those plays and Hopkins getting it than having several of those plays like we saw in the last game. It feels like early in Will Levis's career, that's what it's going to be, right? Just just sling it and see what happens. And that's not a bad thing, by the way, for Tennessee either. I, I do think that, you know, when you've had an offense that's just sort of slogged around, why not, right? Like, why not just sling it around and see what happens? That gunslinger mentality is what Will Levis is going to need to be if he's going to have to, if he's going to have any success in the NFL anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's really easy to look at one week of what he did in his debut and say this guy is the future of the franchise so I want to be cautious on that 
but I do think they have something in him. I mean, I, I don't I, know I think if they he's... Gotta, they need to at least explore it, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if he's a long-term franchise quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, but I do know that he's more likely to be that than Malik Willis is. And Ryan Absolutely. Tannehill doesn't have a long-term future in Tennessee. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got to see what they've got in Will Levis. It's not unlike, I think, what the Falcons did last season with Desmond Ritter. Now, that hasn't turned out well for them you know, this season. And Taylor Heineke is taking over as the starter this weekend. But they had to see what they had in Desmond Ritter. They knew that Marcus Mariota wasn't the guy, and, and they wanted to you know, give Desmond Ritter a shot there in Atlanta. The, the Titans are doing... Something similar here with Will Levis. Uh, and I think that giving him the reins moving forward is the right thing for them to do. The NFL may be veering away from this as we've seen quarterbacks struggle. But for a long time, the NFL has been you either have your quarterback for the, you know, for the long term or you don't. And almost everything you do should revolve around finding that quarterback. Now, again, that has changed to some degree this year, right? Like quarterback has struggled since the NFL started defending them differently, I think ultimately we'll see that sway back to closer to what we had seen in, in previous years. But scoring is way down in the NFL. And a big reason for that is quarterbacks aren't lighting it up anymore. So maybe that changes. And I don't know that that's a good or a bad thing for the league. It gives more teams a chance, certainly. I like good quarterback play, though. Like, for me, that's where it starts in the NFL. Like, you got to have good quarterback play. I think tonight, Thursday Night Football, I'm banking on Will Levis to have a better game than Kenny Pickett. And I know Pickett is a little bit banged up. That's part of the reason why. I like the Titans. I like Will Levis tonight. It'll be the first time I've been able to lock into a football game on a weeknight in a while because I've been watching all this baseball. So I'm excited for that a little bit, too. Man, I'm excited the Rangers got that wrapped up last night. There was a, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I'm really happy that that series didn't go any longer. 869-1240 is the IHOP hotline. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on tap today next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.